Welcome to Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries. My name is Katie and this is my recap diary of The White Lotus. Today I'm recapping Season 2, Episode 4, In the Sandbox. We open Day 4 of the Sicilian vacation in the same way we ended Day 3, waking up from our past transgressions, Cameron rushing Lucia and Mia out the door, promising to pay the remainder of last night's fee later on, Ethan waking up miserably hungover, finally answering a phone call from Harper. After they talk, Cameron comes in and pulls bro code on Ethan. And if you're new to what that means, it's basically like, hey, it's our little secret, and your bro comes before Yaho, aka your wife and my wife. And in a way, I didn't know could turn me on. Cameron saying to Ethan that he loves him and just wants to be inside of him in a joking way. But the only thing that's on Ethan's mind is trying to make it to the toilet to puke. As Daphne and Harper wake up and are getting ready, Daphne suddenly sobering up is insecure about how much she spilled to Harper last night. And with one more touch of vulnerability, she mentions that she doesn't have that many girlfriends because they all seem to want to, in one way or another, take her down and talk trash behind her back. And as her newest gal pal, Harper comes back to the room and spills all the beans to Ethan, following exactly what was in the friend code to do, immediately talk shit. As Harper is explaining to Ethan how their relationship is a front, and Cameron cheats, and Daphne plays games, Ethan abides strictly to the bro code. Harper being, well, like any woman who feels like something is off, and the worst fear when listening to that gut, she finds an empty condom wrapper in the couch cushions. Instead of confronting Ethan, she shuts down and continues to look for signs throughout the day, giving Ethan a chance to come clean. Of course, we know it wasn't Ethan, was it? Could be that protecting his bro, Cameron, is Ethan's second admittance of guilt on this trip. Well, they continue their day just like the first few days, chatting over drinks, Harper doing her best to act natural. It's day four, and we're finally learning a little bit more about Valentina. Turns out her admirer, Isabella, has caught her eye. And while it's unclear if Isabella feels the same way, Valentina is definitely crushing on her. A nice mirror to season one. But instead of the gift of choosing the schedule in return for having a drug-filled sexual adventure, Valentina gifts a piece of jewelry that surely was not cheap. Though it's yet to be seen if there's anything else mirrored here other than the stressed-out resort manager with a crush on an employee. Three more days and many more opportunities to find out. Who else is waking up? Well, Dom waking up a changed man on day four. That's right, people. And by people, I mean dad and son. I am changed. And what every healthy and changed man does, he in no uncertain terms asks his son to do his bidding for him to the women in his family. Firmly standing his ground, Albie denies his father the cop-out. And even more than that, Albie is in a great mood because Portia has finally come to her senses and asked him to hang out today. That's right. Meet at the beach club where I'll be with my boss and we can hang out. Portia is really coming around to him. He's good on paper, girl. Let's pursue it. Well, there's good and bad news. The good news is that Tanya has found her flock of gays. Because as Tanya says, gay men are the best friends to have. Women are great and everything, but we have too many things to be depressed about. Best to stick with men who love men. As Portia and Tanya soak up the fun at the beach party, Portia is almost ready to go down to meet Albie when who do we have here? Turns out, one of Tanya's new friends, Quentin, brought his very straight, very hot, very fuckboy vibe nephew, Jack, the one we saw in the pool last night. 
Screw that paper, Portia. What's good for the pussy is good for the soul. Sorry, Albie. No nice guys today. As Albie sits and sulks at the beach club, he quickly makes a new friend, who it seems is more than a beautiful and witty young woman making her way in the world. She is our tour of the toxic masculinity for the season. From one to the next, she is our secret to getting to know who each dick really is. Pun intended. And while she slowly reveals the men's true colors, it seems there's someone else who she's also had an effect on. Her best friend, Mia. Who, now that she's in the sex work game, is ready to use and exchange her services for connections in the music world with the older man who plays piano and sings at the hotel bar and has been hitting on her since day one. No time to lose, she's going in, trying her best to fuck in the resort chapel when Giuseppe is having a little trouble staying hard. All right, why not go find those Viagra pills that Lucia has? Though with a few different pill options in her bag, Mia just guesses which one is a Viagra pill and takes it back to Giuseppe. Here, take two. Be safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Alas, no raging boner came, so they're gonna have to try another night. As the guests make their way down to dinner, Giuseppe does his best to entertain the resort, but quickly ends up passing out and is taken to the hospital. Perhaps he's not one of the bodies we know will be found in the ocean on day seven, but the first obvious dark omen that being a nasty toxic man, or perhaps it's about getting what you want at whatever cost, is going to have some dire consequences. Let's see who's having dinner. Tanya and Portia with their new friends. Tanya being invited for a party tomorrow at a villa in Palermo. And Portia being invited to some intense flirting by Jack. Albie ditching his dad and grandpa for his new friend Lucia. Who, of course, Grandpa Bert recognizes from coming out of Dom's room a few nights ago. And he recognizes coming out of his room earlier today. And let's be real. He's a smart guy. He knows that they're both sex workers. Like father, like father, like son, he says. The two happy couples chatting at dinner, everyone looking at Harper, making sure she isn't the one who knows it all and spills everyone's lies. A side note about the visuals. In each episode, we've had a few glimpses of the sculpture of the beheaded cheating man, though in this episode, we can hardly go a scene without it in our vision or some other piece of suffering art. Perhaps just a nice artistic view. Perhaps a foreshadow of something more. As the dinner winds down and drinks wind up, Portia and Jack are drinking at the bar, making eye contact with Albie and Lucia on the other end. It's now a race. And what's more exciting than that? When one couple makes out, the other does too. When one couple goes upstairs, the other does as well. I'll leave you with the scene as the episode also ends. Portia finally finding her Sicilian adventure with a boy from Essex, and Albie finally getting the satisfaction he deserves, pants down, dick out, Lucia helping him come out of hiding in more than one way. Well, this has been Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries. Thank you for listening to today's diary. As season two of The White Lotus continues, you know the drill, I'll be here with recaps. If that's something you look forward to, subscribe, follow, whatever. Um, You can even rate this podcast if you like it. I would really, really like that if you did. And to learn more about Studio Wednesday, check out studio-wednesday.com. And you can follow me on social media, specifically on Instagram at Recap Diaries. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Chat soon. XOXO, Katie.